Speeding and the sound is speeding. Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, March 27th, 2023. On today's episode, we got my fucking... I'm back on the road again. I'm a motherfucking road dog, Big Drew Road Dog. And also, who knows? Shit. What I come up with. I'm a motherfucking up with. And I'm up with. Yeah, up with. What? <laughs> Hi, welcome to another episode of This Week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, March 27, 2023. Okay, so if I sound a little bit different, I am coming to you from the work studio. Yes, we are here. At the fucking work studio. You know, I've just got so much on my plate. It seems like there's a million irons in the fire right now, and we're just trying to juggle so much. So, you know, we're going to just do the fucking podcast at work because everyone's gone, and I can fucking swear in the studio now without having to worry about it making it on air and me potentially losing my job due to a CRTC fucking violation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, you can't, for some reason, the fucking Canadian Radio and Television Council doesn't let you say fuck on air. Uh, hi, welcome to the show. I also don't have my guitar, so, uh, I do feel naked. I feel fucking weird podcasting without a guitar in my hands, but that's fine. We'll start off the show with a little bit of a, how was my motherfucking weekend? Uh, yeah, so I fucking, uh... Finally, so I was telling you last week that I was feeling a little bit depressed. You know, I, I, I was just having a little bit of a tough time. Because uh, I wasn't really fucking, I don't know, I just fucking, I was out of my stand-up game. Uh, but uh, it was fine because I went back uh, to the Corner Comedy Club on Thursday night. I was headlining and then hosting the old one-two. Joe was nice enough to give me a fucking double... Uh, a double, you know, I drive into town, hey, do you want to do two shows? Yeah, fucking hey, why not? So uh, the first show I was headlining, it was fucking really good. I'm working on this new shit here. I'm, ju- I'm just trying to pull up the bit here. Um, what the fuck was I? Oh, I was, I'm doing this new Hitler bit. Because <laughs> I'm like, the whole idea behind the premise is like, do you think Hitler is mad that everybody, that everything is Hitler now? Like, because, you know, you hear everyone is like, you're a Hitler and Donald Trump is Hitler and fucking, you know, you'll even be like, oh, man, like my fucking boss is acting like Hitler, and I, I was, like, the whole premise is, like, you think Hitler's down in hell being, like, that's not Hitler. Like, you it's very hard to be Hitler. <laughs> like, you know, and then I started, like, doing this thing where I was, like, I was, like, <laughs> it's really, it's a really hard joke, right? But I'm trying to, it's, like, almost in defense of Hitler. Not what he did, but the fact that what he did was so... It, you know, inc- incredibly, like, just so difficult. Like, how the fuck do you get away with murdering, like, you know, six million people? Like, <laughs> you fucking... That's really hard to be that evil, and his name is synonymous with evil. Like, you just fucking... It's a two-syllable Hitler. And, like, you just know. You're like, it's like the apex. It's like, it's just come to encompass. It's like this two syllables that encompass, like, essentially w- evil. And that's hard to do. Like, to get... Just to have your name you know, synonymous with anything like basketball is Michael Jordan and hockey is Wayne Gretzky and like murdering murder is Hitler. (laughs) Like being a fucking evil guy is Hitler. So, but then the whole premise of the joke is, yeah, anyways. uh, So the new Hitler in defense of Hitler bit is going very well. Uh, (laughs) And then also what the fuck else was, oh, I'm doing that joke about not drinking, non-alcoholic beers. And then I also was working on this idea about how Bob Marley, like Bob Marley 
like people like Bob Marley, but you only buy his merch if you smoke weed. Like there's no one <laughs> with a Bob Marley poster in their house who's like never touched the stuff. I'm just a fan of his music. <laughs> like there's never fucking like you can everyone likes Bob Marley, you know. Nobody's ever been like angrily like turn off that Bob Marley. It's making me mad. But when you go so far as to buy buy his shit, then you're fucking you're a stoner. <laughs> A lot, uh, uh, being a stoner, uh, or, uh, what am I trying to say? It doesn't preclude a love of Bob Marley, but buying his merch definitely does. Um, so the shows were good, uh, eight and 10 on the corner. And then, uh, that was Thursday. And then Friday I was fucking on the road, on the road again. I was in St. Thomas, Ontario, uh, working for my buddy, Mark Sinadinos, who has a great club in St. Catharines, St. Thomas, tiny little town, uh, home of Joe Thornton and this elephant, Jumbo the elephant that got struck by a train. And they they put a statue of it. So this fucking this town is like a train town. And this lady who booked the gig, she like gave us the like history of the fucking train town. Like I think she thought she had to be working, because she was like, oh, and then St. Thomas is known because we're doing it at this like train yard that's now been converted into like a wedding venue. Like you could tell they do a fucking million weddings in there over the summer. Um, so big giant, essentially like a train station converted into a dining hall. And uh, so big high ceilings, and I and I was like, okay, fuck. And then Rob Bebenick said he'd done this gig, you know, five years ago, and he's like, the sound is fucking brutal. So I'm like, okay, I'll bring my backup gear just in case. So uh, get to the gig, and it's and it's completely fucking sold out. Like two, three hundred people, just comedy night in St. Thomas, put on by this venue, like the only fucking venue in town. So come on down. Um, so completely fucking sold out show. Everyone is just ready to go. You know, it's the one thing. That's one thing that's really good about small towns is that when it's done right and it's like the thing to do in town that night, like everyone's going to fucking be there. It's going to be a good time. Um, and it was. It, it was so good. So uh, I was headlining. Bebsy was like, we, me and Bebsy were co-headlining. And then this guy, Liam Kelly, drove up with Bebsy. And I was like, you know what? If you guys just want to fuck off, like, I'm just, I'm, you know, you know, you don't have to stay and host. Like, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. Like, you guys can just get the fuck out of here. That's like a a nice, a, a good road, experience road comic thing to do is is for the headliner to just let the fucking MC and the, and the opener just fuck off after. Because just waiting around for me to be done just to go up and be like, thank you, good night. It's like a complete waste of time. So um, I brought my gear just in case, but it turns out this is the new venue in town. And uh, the lady is like, yeah, we're fucking good to go. The sound system was like awesome. Nice big high ceiling. So Liam goes up and he's a bit of like an 80s. I've talked about him before. He's like an 80s style fucking crowd work guy. Like he works a lot for Mark and he does like, oh, what do you do? What are you, an anal fucking... He'll eventually find someone to call an anal sex worker. <laughs> like, you know, he, he's going to find a guy and, and, and just rip on him in the, like this 80s style, which Mark likes. I get it. And it's like it's a good it's a good foil for, you know, uh, if you're like um, if you're a headliner, like it's a good it's a good juxtaposition where you're like, OK, that, you know, this MC definitely had, you know, um, courage and 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 he was up there doing his thing. So fucking a right. It makes I don't know. Just whatever. So, uh, Bebsy goes on and he fucking told me that he did this gig before. So I, and I know Bebsy is a, he's a fucking road comic just like me and he's a pro and he knows what the fuck he's doing. So I'm like all in my head, I'm like, don't use up all the good crowd work. <laughs> Cause like, it's like, you know, it's when you get to a point of a stand up comedian, you start to know, you're like, oh yeah, this is the, sorry, this is the elephant town. Oh, right, right, right. And then you just, you know. 
and you start just ripping on the town and the thing and then whatever. So I'm like, okay, I got to watch Bebsy set to see what he does. But this fucking guy on his last gig that he was there, I guess it was seven years ago, with the guy who organized it gave him a bag of trail mix to take home, him and the other comics, and they forgot the trail mix. And he felt bad about it because he didn't know who the guy was. And it turns out the guy who gave him the trail mix was the fucking mayor of St. Thomas, and he was also in the crowd that night. So the, <laughs> so the mayor, so Bebsy, he's just getting this fucking... Like, white hot, like, massive, like, the sort of laughter that you can only get when it's, like, you know, very unique to a situation. Like, it's it's very hard to get that kind of genuine, like, oh, no way. Like, it's not about a joke. It was, like, this is a specific thing that specifically happened in this town to these people and to this exact comedian. So, Bebsy, by the time he gets to the end of that story, this guy gets a fucking massive applause break. Like, I'm talking massive. And I'm like, okay. All right, like, let's fucking go. Like, here we go. Uh, So I'm like, you know, tough act to follow. But I'm of the mind that I'm like, this is a good thing. You know, I'm not scared of anything that happens on stage before. I've said it before. You can have a stroke in the audience. I don't give a fuck what happens on stage before I get on stage. I'm only in control of what happens on stage. So a younger version of myself would have been stressed, being like, ah, fuck, Bebsy's hogging up all the good crowd work and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) He's doing the elephant bit. He's doing the train. You're a bunch of fucking train, you know, elephant-killing train fuckers, which is, you know, and then he's doing bits about the room, like, yeah, yeah, this is a wedding venue, blah, blah, blah. So you're kind of like, once you... You want to start, if there is any young comics listening to this podcast, a good, one good tip of, or uh, advice, or at least something I've learned, is maybe it's not advice, is that start as, as immediate as you can. Like, if you're going to go on stage and do crowd work, start as immediately as you can with your immediate observations about the room. I learned this from Mike Dambra. So what is your first initial observation of the room? The first thing that you see, what is the feeling? What is the feeling that the room gives you? What about the architecture, the design, the decor? the stage placement, anything that is immediately within your sight and your and your point of view, uh, it's comment on that first and then start chipping away at the town or the road, the drive-in or something you saw, some weird fucking business that you saw in the town or any of that shit, right? So start zoomed in as much as you can and then go out and that's exactly what Bebsy did. He started with his own personal experience with the town and then into the fucking room and then into the town. So I'm like, okay, all that's off the list. Don't fucking worry about it. You still got the absolute secret weapon of crowd work, which is cast your judgments of the people directly to them. So here's where I fucking, I get, and it's my favorite part about doing stand up is that like, I love judging people. Like I got it from my fucking, from like, I got it. It was put into me very early on to form judgments about people based on what you, what you vibe you get from them. And so there's this guy in the front row and he had a mullet and, uh, and it was like a fucking nice, crisp, clean mullet. And he was exactly the sort of looking guy that would have a mullet. So then I'm walking around with the wireless mic and I'm doing my thing and my set's going well. I open up and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I start doing my jokes and my jokes start going really well, but you know, they're not hitting like that. Like, that's that special place, you know, that that the crowd was in earlier with Bebsy, right? They're not there yet because I haven't forged that unique one-off, you know, a connection or joke or relationship that was born of the situation. And it could not be repeated and it could not be um, written, you know, because it has to happen in the moment. So I, I go, this fucking guy looks like 1989 happened and he's like, fuck it, I'm not leaving. And then they, we got a huge pop. Now... I realize this guy's obviously must be a known guy around town. That gives me enough 
slack or or thread, if you will, that I start pulling at it. So I'm like, buddy, like I start going a little bit deeper. I'm like, what's your name? He's like, Julio. I'm like, Julio? He's like, yeah, Julio. And I'm like, Julio sounds like the fucking gay guy at the uh, all-inclusive resorts who's doing yoga lessons. Like, comfort you, yoga with Julio. Like, you can come. I know. I saw you there earlier, Miss Karen. You coming for yoga. And now it starts getting really hot. So I'm like, okay, fucking eight. And now I just start ripping on Julio, asking him a question. Apparently, he had just gotten his mullet cut that day. The people knew who cut his mullet. That's the other thing about small town businesses. People know that Julio gets that mullet fucking crafted every six weeks. <laughs> so then it starts going really, really well. And now my shit is like, okay, now we're in that zone that Bebsy was getting at. So then I was able to fucking... And that was just in the first five minutes of my set, and I'm doing 40 minutes, right? So I'm like, okay. So then I was throughout the rest of my set. Anytime there was an opportunity I had, I weaved in Julio or gay, the gay instructor or the fucking uh, the mullet or anything like that. And honestly, the set went so fucking well. It was like, I was like, oh, yeah, man. Like, I know what I'm doing, blah, 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 blah. And it just felt nice. Like, when you're in that zone of, like, 300 people, you kind of... There isn't much time. You just hit them with the jokes, right? Like, you you hit them with the jokes, and then you work where you can, but you got to keep the clip up pretty high. And it was a nice fucking clip, and I got these all these rolling laughs, and then, sure enough, I got off stage, and everyone was like, oh, wow, you're the fucking best comedian I ever saw. Like I've said before, it's like, I don't care. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. That may be true for you, but that does not help me now. Um... So then Saturday, uh, I am in, where the fuck am I? I am in Niagara-on-the-Lake, and there's this guy, David Green, who's booking this. He's like a proper British comic who does, like, literally, like, word jokes, like, jokes about words, like, I don't even know. Like, he was doing this cell phone joke, and it's like, I don't know. He just kept somehow, like, weaving every cell phone company into the bit, and, like, just those British, very Woodsmith British guys, you know what I mean? So, and it's, and this show is at a brewery uh, in Niagara Falls Exchange Brewery. And it's like, we're in the attic of this fucking brewery. So it's almost like the opposite show of the show that I had in St. Thomas, where it was like a big two, 300 person fucking ballroom setting. And now I'm at, in this like attic of this fucking brewery for like 30 people. And like, you know, David's going up and he's fucking doing his little wordsmith jokes. And the people are kind of like, ha ha, ha ha. Like, oh, uh, oops. Yes, that is. Yeah, I could see how you got there. <laughs> like, I could see how how that joke, how you wrote that joke. Yes, that is quite amusing. Um, So, uh, so whatever. And then there's three comics before me. Um. And the first comic goes up and she fucking, she turns her mic off because it's one of the mics with a handheld switch and then just doesn't turn it on. And like, I remember being there where, where you're like, you know, you're like, oh God, you just freeze and then you just fucking keep doing your act and you're like, the sound doesn't have anything to do with me. Like, I'm just going to pretend like everything's going well and blah, 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 blah. And like the show must go on. And no, oh, no. And all this fucking shit. But I was like, yo, like, uh, like that's the opposite. Like one time I was doing stand-up and I was in, uh, I was 21 years old. I was at the Improv in Pasadena because my company was there for a sales fucking thing. So I was like, yeah, I just started stand-up. I had like convinced Brian Scalero to vouch for me to get a spot at the Improv. Or no, I guess it was the Improv in Anaheim. And so somehow I get this fucking spot and all my guitar sales guys with are with me and I get this spot and I have I bring a glass of water on stage for my five minute spot. Like, I don't even know why. And I put it on the puffy stool and then the fucking I I move and then the water falls and spills fucking everywhere all off the puffy stool. And me being a two year comic, 
I just fucking did not acknowledge it. And I literally kept doing my material. And it was one of the worst sets I've ever had. And I was like, and all my buddies would be like, good job, man. Like, you're so good and all this stuff. And I'm like, I was thinking like, I don't think that went well. Like, but I was still too young in stand up to even like, even consider what the fuck I could have done differently. And, and at that time, my material, like, I didn't know what was good or not or what was working. So anyways, I guess you got to learn that lesson. And that was a good learning opportunity for her. But now I'm in this like fucking mode of like, you know, oh, I'm doing these big shows where I got to get the material clipping and popping. So then I was still in my head about that. I was like, or I guess my zone of doing comedy was still in that. And then after about a minute of me, like essentially yelling at these people for no reason, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, like I got to, let's switch it to corner mode now. Intimate, nice show mode, you know, bring it in, you know, zoom in a little bit, fucking, you know. And then I was like, oh yeah, you know how to do this kind of show too. So then once I made, the, I made the necessary adjustments. And then that show fucking went really, really good, too. I broke the microphone. They had a Behringer mic that was obviously... It sounded like shit anyways. And then I fucking do this thing. I kind of, like, where I tap the mic against my, like, leg or whatever. Like, Dave Chappelle does it, too. But I didn't steal from him. I just thought... I think it's funny to kind of just, like, fucking put the mic down. Um, And... Yeah, so I broke the mic, and then I had already done my classically theater train joke, so I'm like, I don't even need this microphone, because it's 30 people. I'm like, and then halfway through, I was just like, or before the mic broke, I was like, how am I too loud for a microphone? And then I broke the microphone, I was like, I didn't need that fucking microphone anyways, like, I'm still too loud. And then, oh yeah, and then later, I was like, how am I still too loud without the microphone? And then they were laughing, because it's like, you are yelling for a long time, sir. Uh, so, so that show was good too. And it was just nice to be back on the road, except for fucking Saturday, I forgot to tell you this. So I was having problems with my headlight. Uh, both headlights went out. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, it's probably a fuse. Checked all the fuses possible. It's not a fuse. Uh, okay, let's check the power relay. Even though the, 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 the high beams are on, the power relay, like, that would it, like it's fine. But I still went and checked the relay anyway. So I'm like, what the fuck? Why do both headlights go out? I'm like, is this a bigger issue? So I'm like, call the mechanic. We're closed on Saturday. Okay, fuck, fine. I got a road gig tonight. I made it home from St. Thomas on my high beams. So I'm like, I'm not going to drive with my high beams for another 90 minutes home, you know, from Niagara Falls. Like, that's fucked. So I'm like, I guess I got to go to fucking Canadian Tire. So I go to Canadian Tire and I'm like, okay, yeah, like, what, like what's going on? I tried everything. And then they're like, they're like, have you done the bulbs? I'm like, well, it was both at once. So they're like, oh, yeah, it's probably not the bulbs. How often do both bulbs go at once? And you could probably see where this story is going. I leave it for the electrical diagnosis. Yeah, sure enough, both bulbs somehow burnt at the exact same time. So I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, you know, why are you, I don't want to pay for this electrical diagnosis. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You don't have to just come in and pay for the bulbs and, and whatever. And I'm like, okay, sick. So the lady goes, rings it up, and she's like, it's like 100 bucks or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why? And she's just like, well, there's a half-hour minimum shop fee, and that's 75 bucks. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So essentially, I paid 100 and something bucks for them to change my light bulbs, which is like, I was like, oh, that's what I get for thinking that I'm some kind of mechanically inclined fucking dude because I checked a fuse box. <laughs> the, the, the mechanics who worked there were probably like, oh, yeah, you're Mr. Fucking... Oh, yeah, you know, oh, you know what's going on, hey? Okay, well, then no problem. We'll just run the diagnostic for you. I mean, you, check, you, the expert, checked all the fuses and the relay. So, I mean, that's got to be, uh, <laughs> I was like, fuck. So, I just paid this fucking dumbass idiot fee for that. And, uh, and yeah. So, there you go. That's how my week was. 
Uh, did a lot of stand-up. Nice to be back. And yes. Uh, okay, promotional consideration for this week with Drew is provided by our Patreons. Would you like access to bonus content like every set ever? Uh, I'm doing a series that was requested by Kevin and Joyce called the Vape on the Lake series. So there used to be a, uh, a comedy club, a weed lounge on in Etobicoke called Vape on the Lake. And it was uh, really where I got to be friends with like guys like Paul and Natish um, and Rita. And it was a weed venue. And it was essentially, man, when it was clipping, Paul doing Mondays was like literally one of the best shows that it was ever done ever. So, uh, so Joyce asked me if I had any sets from Vape on the Lake, which I actually have like 10 of them. So, uh, what is this? Oh, this is a commercial for Patreon. Uh, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash drewbame and sign up for as little as five bucks. You get access to every set I've ever done, including the Vape on the Lake series, bonus interviews with stand-up comedians who have won Junos, and you get a personalized shout-out on every single podcast. You could be like these fine folks, Kevin and Joyce, uh, James, new guy Mark, Tony, Smog, Nick, and Mac, motherfucking... Uh, oh, Bubba and Marnus, motherfucker, Street Demon, our number one fan, Joel, and in the motherfucking Hall of Fame, Colette, Blair, Andre, Taryn, Alicia, say they name, what up, one of them, hi, Mink, fuck you, Bryce. Go to patreon.com slash DrewBame, sign up for as little as five bucks if you're dumb, or, or seven bucks if you play guitar and you're dumb. Okay, also promotional consideration for this week of Drew is provided by KingTutsCannabis.com. That's right, weed. Weed, uh, buy weed from them, okay? Alex, fucking Alex, stop buying dope. If I fucking, next time I see you and you fucking got dope from the dope store, I'm going to fucking throw a haymaker at your nutsack, bro. Go to kingtutscannabis.com, use the promo code DREW, and you can get fucking 10% off your order. Why would you buy weed from the government when you can get fucking $139 ounces at 10% off delivered straight to your fucking door? Just don't Jones, just buy, don't be a Jones. And fucking just buy your weed early, and it comes in a couple fucking days. Go to kingtutscannabis.com. Use the promo code DREW for 10% off your order. That's kingtutscannabis.com. Smoke like an Egyptian. I wonder if Brady still listens to this podcast. He used to. My, the, uh, the, survive, the, the fucking Survivor Alliance, the Humber Alliance, bro. Um, okay, I think that's all. I got no guitar, so, uh, yeah, I don't have my guitar, so we're not going to play guitar. My band is taking a night off of jamming tonight because our guitar player, Paul, is sick. And uh, so am I. I'm a little bit ill. Yo, I'm ill as fuck. Uh, okay, that's the show. I don't know how to end this without guitar. Night, night. Fuck you. Night, night. Nah, but I'm not gonna end without a fucking bonus. Why? You think I got no fucking, fucking bonus? Nah.